When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins, and joining me today is Cheerson Susell, Lindsay Smith, and Derek Montia. How are you guys doing today on this lovely Tuesday afternoon? Great. It's a gorgeous day out. It is. I wish yeah. we could do this outside. <laughs> it was a good weekend, too. It was a good sports weekend and a nice rainy weekend here. That's yes. always nice. I'm manifesting more of it, if you can't tell. <laughs> yes. Like I'm, doing, I'm doing this for the people, yeah. you the weather we want. We appreciate, we appreciate that. We're doing that. If you start to sweat during the show, I will. I will. Pat your thank, thank you. I appreciate that. Good looking out. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. We're going to start off with a quick Valley Sports temperature check. And I think we have to start with the Cardinals because the Cardinals are 3-0. and They're undefeated. They're on a roll. The first time they start a season 3-0 since 2015. I mean, I feel like everybody's pretty excited about the Cardinals right now. It's been a long time since they've started out 3-0, and so no small feat. Yes. Uh, even though it took just basically overcoming themselves a couple of weeks in a row um, and and beating uh, one of the worst teams in the league in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Aside from that, you can't argue with 3-0 and with an undefeated schedule uh, or outcome to start the year. So, yeah, everybody's feeling great right now. I think it, they would feel a little bit better right now if the Rams weren't uh, their opponent this weekend so that they could continue that streak and feel good about it. But uh, they're – by far their toughest challenge of the of the of the season and possibly of the entire season on their schedule is gonna is gonna be this weekend. Can I just say real quick, um, I really need the Cardinals to beat the Rams this weekend because yesterday at Suns Media Day, I don't know if you heard, Mikkel Bridges referred yeah. to the Red Sea as the quote little Red Sea and threw quite a bit of shade. So it's kind of funny. We, it was hilarious. <laughs> it really was. It was quite hilarious. But I need the Cardinals to come through, so the next time I see Mikel, I can, you know, talk a little smack to him. Yeah, yeah. he's a big-time Rams fan. Um, it would be – it would take some sort of miracle play, in my opinion, for the Cardinals to beat the Rams. Like, it would it would take Matt Prater making a 68-yard field goal or Kyler Murray throwing up another Hale Murray uh, or a very low – finishing a, a very low percentage play to to beat them. That's just my opinion. I think the Rams are the far better team, and a lot of people have them uh, picked to at least go to the Super Bowl, if not win it. So, Well, if this is a gut check for the Cardinals, essentially, what are you looking for that would be positive if they don't win the game? 
I mean, just don't want to see them beat themselves, right? right? And so if they play a complete game and there aren't a ton of penalties or questionable play calls from Cliff, right, that um and they stay in it and it's not a blowout it's a close game and, and they and they play well and don't beat themselves I mean I think Cardinals fans can at least hold their heads high and with this team it, it's sort of cliche but you just want to see them improve week after week and so we've 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 seen a lot of things that they need to clean up in the first three weeks so if they if they take all of their issues and and then take them into their game against the Rams and then lose, it's it's not going to go well. But if they clean some things up, don't beat themselves. I think fans are still going to be happy about it. Yeah, I think so too. And That's I know a lot of people fun. are really excited about the 3-0 start, but I kind of like the scrutiny, right? A lot of people are looking at the win saying, well, they could have lost to Minnesota very easily. Had that they should have. Goal, they should have lost. And obviously the game against the Jaguars, they don't feel like they played as well as they could have. They did completely turn it on in the second half, which that was probably the most encouraging sign for me was just the way they switched uh, in, into a different gear when they needed to. It just begged the question, like, why why didn't you play like this in the first half? Like, it seemed to be kind of a, a lull that they were playing the Jaguars and they could kind of take it easy. Yeah, and this team, dating back to last year, has had the unfortunate um, storyline of playing up or down to their opponents. And I think we may have seen that a little bit, especially on Sunday. And so we'll see if they play up to the Rams and don't try to do too much. Nobody try to play hero ball or anything like that. Um, I'll be interested to see just how they come out and if they do, in fact, play up to their opponent. Definitely. Well, Lindsay, you just mentioned Suns Media Day. That was yesterday. The season's right around the corner. What did you have to, to share with us about Suns Media Day? I mean, I'm just really excited for Suns basketball to be back. Yes. I think this season <laughs> is going to be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, with what they were able to accomplish last season, it really invigorated this fan base. Yeah, and, and even people who are not necessarily Suns fans, but just fans of Valley sports teams in general, I feel like you could feel it. I see more people wearing Suns gear around town than I have in the last, I don't know, I mean, since like I've been Derek in Phoenix. Right now. Oh, Derek is head to toe in Yeah, since I've been in Phoenix, and, and I think that's just amazing, and I love that. And so I hope it continues. But I think the biggest thing that kind of resonated with me yesterday at Media Day was they all understand the assignment, and they're all on board. So now it's just a matter of executing the assignment. And that started with Monty Williams saying, you know, yes, the expectations are there that People assume they're going to do well again this season, that they're going to have a similar kind of outcome. If not, hopefully the goal obviously is to win it all, but they can't skip steps. And I think that's such an important thing to remember for this team. And every single one of them, for the most part, it sounded like during media day when they were speaking at the podium was we understand that we have a goal, but we also understand that every step has to be taken to get there we can't just come into this season being like oh yeah we did this cool thing last year we're good it doesn't work that way and now they have more of a target on their back right because they disrupted so many things last year and maybe took a couple teams by surprise so it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough uh, a tough road ahead, but I'm confident still that they're going to do pretty well this season. I think this the difference between this season and every other season that any player on this team has experienced has been the fact that the expectations are so high, right? right? I mean, they've never had these kind of expectations going into the season. The other thing is, yeah, they they 
people have a lot of tape on this team and it wasn't vastly changed. So a lot of people uh, kind of got a blueprint at times during the playoffs uh, at a really high level of seeing how maybe they can stop Booker or how they can stop CP3. So those are going to be some new challenges that they weren't mm -hmm. facing. Teams weren't expecting them to be what they were last year. And right. I think they definitely snuck up on a lot of people, but that's that's over now. Yeah, the tone this year is drastically different. Although they had the bubble run, the 8-0 bubble run, and then that's they true. acquired Chris Paul and they acquired some pieces, there was a little bit of, wow, this is going to be really exciting, and I can't believe Chris Paul is here, and I can't believe Jay Crowder and all these people want to come to Phoenix. And there was some excitement, yeah. but – Nobody, and I mean nobody, thought they were going to make it to the finals. Yeah, And so I can't imagine the amount of pressure they have on their backs entering this season. Well, and I feel like, too, like from an – I guess at, the, at that time I was an outsider because I was not here in Phoenix. But to me it seemed like people were really discounting the Suns. They were saying, oh, they only got to this point because everybody else in the West is hurt. They wouldn't even right. made it this far sure. if, like, everybody else had been healthy. So I feel like that kind of contributes to, like, the chip on the shoulder, I guess, that they would have going into the season. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, but I think I, as a Suns fan myself, I can say we've always been that team. We always had some hurdle against us right. where – a star player was missing or a key player was out with an injury or whatever. Well, it's not like the Suns didn't. I mean, Chris Paul Chris was Paul, injured. Paul, yeah. Devin Booker got knocked in the face and broke his exactly. nose. I mean, uh, they did face adversity, but there is a little bit of that too, where they did catch some breaks. I mean, whether it was the Lakers or you, know, you can go on down the line. I mean, there, mm. but that's, but that's playoff basketball. That's Everybody at that point in the season is going to be experiencing injuries. It's, yeah. it's like you could say about uh, when Jokic got tossed, right? I mean, the, the Suns have had a lot of moments where their uh, composure was tested in the playoffs. Sometimes they didn't do great campaign guilty of that on more than one occasion, but they did keep their composure in a lot of those series that got really nasty, you know? And I mean, they experienced their fair share of, of guys getting rattled and, and making mistakes, mental mistakes like that too. It's just, like you said, it's playoff basketball. All, all bets are off. All teams are trying to get any kind of advantage that they can get at that point. I think another, just an individual player that might have more uh, pressure on him is, and this was the same case as last year, but DeAndre Ayton. I mean, with the way that he kind of finished the finals um, and the amount of growth that we saw him have last year, but he just still has much more to go. Um, but I just think with the way that things ended for him, um, I think he's got an enormous amount of pressure. Well, and he acknowledged that yesterday. At one point in time, he said he went back and watched all the games and he didn't like how he was playing. And it's like that – that if if that can be his driver for this season, then I think we're going to be in a good spot with his progression and his growth because he, he grew so much last season and not just all season, but specifically in the playoffs. Yeah. So if he's going back and watching those games and like, I don't like this, I don't like that. And he's nitpicking his own performance, then hopefully that next step is even greater and helps his team out. And it's more, more so about consistency, too. I mean, what we saw was was greatness. But it just wasn't, you know, on every given night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was an effort kind of level at times. It mm -hmm. felt like he was uh, he had a little bit more confidence playing against some guys. But going up against uh, Giannis, obviously, he did not have that same level of confidence. Right. I don't think any of us would. <laughs> guy's a monster. <laughs> yes. I think, though, that if anything were to happen there, especially with someone that has the room for growth that that D.A. has, it's that he wouldn't do well there that would that would leave him wanting more leave him wanting to 
personally get to that next level, leave him dissatisfied. If he went out there and killed it and the Suns still lost, he might have a different uh, feeling about that, you know, or a different confidence level about it being such a young man. Going back and looking at that finals performance and possibly being dissatisfied with it might be just great motivation for him to continue growing and, and you know, get that next step. We saw him grow so much last year. Like he yeah. became a completely different player. At one point I was offering, you know, him every penny in my bank account if he would just <laughs> dunk it 10 times in yeah. a game, right? And, you know, by the end, I wasn't Dominating. Making, I wasn't doing that in the playoffs. I but mean, I will say, changed. and I, I want to end it on here because I want to get to the D-backs, but I will say that is great to hear him say that he was going back and looking at that film because I feel like a lot of the criticism early on about DA was his maturity and his adaptability and his ability to grow and, like, right. where is his ceiling? You know, what is this going to be? Can he get better? Or is this the best he's ever going to be? So it's really encouraging to hear that, like, that is something that he is is – is aware of and something that, you know, he's striving to get better at. So awesome. Love to hear that. Um, and then we'll wrap the temperature checkup with the D-backs. Uh, they extended the manager, Tori Lovello. They did. Uh, how are you feeling about that decision, Derek? <laughs> I, I like it. I mean, I've said multiple times, I really like Tori Lovello. Yeah. I think he's a great guy. And I don't think that this season is on him. He doesn't make these roster moves. He didn't, he didn't leave them uh, very shallow as far as their depth goes from game one, as far yeah. as the season goes. So I don't, I don't blame him. I'm glad he's back. I think that the move they made to give him a one-year deal and see how he does next year with hopefully a little bit more support than they gave him this year, um, you know, I think, I think that's the right move with a club option for the next year. I just want to see what this team uh, can do and if they can get rolling in the right direction. Right. We talked a lot about the Colorado Rockies and how far they're back in the division, yet they have a lot of positive growth going forward because of how they've done the second half of this season. They, they've proven to themselves that they can win games. And there's, you know, there, there's a, a, at least a game plan there. At times this season, it didn't even seem like there was a game plan yeah. uh, for, for this team or where it was going. It seemed like we were just going to have to count on the reinforcements coming from the minor leagues and hoping that those young players are, you know, turn out to be major league ball players that can, yeah. that can be super. Well, for some people, you know, extending Tori Lovello was the worst decision. They were, there was a lot of pushback on Absolutely. it. A lot of Diamondbacks fans well, were not happy I think, with that I choice. think that you could argue that the best thing the Diamondbacks could have done was not given him an extension for his own sake. Because if, did you guys see how he changed throughout the season? Yes. That season took an enormous he, toll he, on him. It's the, it's the gif of Matt Damon becoming a hundred years old. Yes. You know, it is that that's how his season has been. I, I agree like they're lucky to have him for another year, and, in my opinion, and like, who and else is going to be your manager? I, I think also like a lot of D backs players, I wouldn't be surprised if he did move on to see him have some great success elsewhere with another yeah. team. He's a great manager. The players love him. I've talked about this before, but Eduardo Escobar once said he would die for Tori Lovello and meant every word when he said it. He's just that kind <laughs> of guy. Happy for Eduardo, Yeah, by the way. I know, right? Yeah, oh <laughs> gosh. He got off the sinking ship yeah, just right. in time. Well, and I mean, I think, uh, like, I was at the game on Saturday when they won against the Dodgers, and it was the best game of the year. I mean, it really was the, yeah, it was filled with a lot of Dodgers fans, but the stadium was full. There was an energy to it. There was excitement. There was a band in right field with a full drum player and a tuba and stuff. It was awesome. Wow. You know, it was just an exciting night to be at the ballpark. And I think that that kind of reminded me how this team could be again. I know that this city tends to like a winner and they're not going to come out and support like the worst team in baseball. However, with that being said, I would really strongly recommend people come out to the last series of the year. It's, it's a great time to support the team and it's still a really fun 
you know, night out. I had so much fun covering it. The Diamondbacks won. I mean, it was it was just nice to see. It was very encouraging. Zach Gallon had a great outing against the Dodgers. Cattell Marte looked like an absolute all-star again. So it was just a promising sign. You you think of this team as being as bad as it is. When you see it, when you see them play a game like that against the Dodgers, you're you kind of question how can this team be so bad? You know, so there's there's a lot of changes that they need to make. I think if you want to blame Lavolo for anything, he you know he messed with positions and put guys in different you know positions it, they should have never that been they playing. Never been yeah, Marte they, in the center field. You know, when you look at their worst numbers as far as defensive runs saved, it's at second base and center field where Marte should be and where he's playing, and those are the positions that they have the most trouble at saving defensive you know saving runs. It's uh, it, it's fixable. It's not like this ship is sinking as much as it appears to as much as the record would suggest at this point i would like to see them continue lose though because i am the proprietor of tank season (laughs) i think at this point they're so close to possibly you know having complete control over who they want as far as a draft pick and i just i don't know i not i'm not a big fan of not giving efforts but hey let's Maybe let's start some relief pitchers as starters in these last six games or do something. You know, some, uh, people some opportunities. I mean, we saw it with the Suns a couple years ago where it was like, hey, let's just give this guy an opportunity. Oh, every to guy perform. has already gotten an opportunity this year. Every <laughs> single guy yeah. that could possibly have gotten one. She's, she's not wrong. And I think that's been Lavallo's frustration is like people that have no business even being on the major league club yet are given an opportunity. And all he wants to see is like someone give that 110 percent effort, even if they're not having that success translate over to their numbers or the batting average or home runs. He just wants someone to ring that bell. And I think there's too many guys that when they come up, they're just like deer in headlights. They're terrified of the situation. The team is losing. Everybody feels too much pressure. Uh, So it just makes things worse. I mean, that is a lot of pressure though, because depending on how you're looking at it as a player, if you're looking at it as like, they're calling me up to help a team that is obviously in need of it. Sure. That is a lot of pressure. But if you, I guess it's just the mindset of the players. It if is. they approach it as like, this is just an opportunity right. to get some more experience, some reps, right. like, let me see what I can learn from this. Well, and I mean, Lobello's done some great things with guys that shouldn't be as good, you know, in the position where they're at. We talk about D-backs players having success elsewhere. Noe Ramirez was like DFA'd and he's become one of our best relief pitchers. Uh, Humberto Castellanos somehow has become a very reliable starter. And again, he's another relief pitcher that, made his first start this season for the D-backs out of necessity. So some of the things that he's done has been very good and could potentially lead to some of these guys having big careers that who knows, maybe they were, would have been relegated to a relief role otherwise, or, you know, out of the league. And I'll make one more comment to that. And I hope I'm not stepping in your toes for this next segment, but uh, they've also had like a couple, I'm there's like two starting pitchers that come to mind. And I, I don't know if you're going to mention this next segment either, but two starting pitchers who basically were like either they just, they were doing some sort of like either, I don't even know the word to like textile or electrical work or just like weren't even playing baseball yep. and then yep. pitched very well for the Diamondbacks this year. So, um, there are some bright, yeah. some bright there spots. There's some this, amazing stories. There's been there's been some incredible moments this year, and I think that's the reason why, with it even being the worst season potentially in history, it's still very memorable. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, that was your Valley Sports Check. Before we get into our main topic of the day, I got to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It is live in Arizona with mobile sports betting just in time for football. DraftKings is kicking off another week of action by giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $150 in free bets instantly no matter what. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. That's my one of my favorite things of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PHNX to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you place a dollar bet on any football game. That's promo code PHNX to get $150 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, 21 plus only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, eligibility restrictions apply, see DraftKingsSportsbook.com for details. All right. Should we get into our main topic of the day? Let's do it. We are talking all about the Mems. There seems to be some really good energy in the sport in the Valley right now around Arizona sports. We got the Cardinals off to an undefeated start. I'm not going to lie. When you said Mems, I thought you were like meaning to say meme or something. (laughs) I was like so confused. (laughs) I was like, what are we talking about? This wasn't in the notes. I wasn't ready for this. No, it's all about the Mems. We're talking Mems um, going just, you know, it's a good time in the Valley right now. Everyone's excited about the Cardinals. The Suns are about to start. They just fresh off a finals run. Sorry, Derek. Don't you it's, dare. it's a little, a little tough for the Diamondbacks Aww. right now. But like Tristan mentioned a couple of minutes ago, there are some bright spots about the Diamondbacks. So I'm sure you'll be able to at least pull one good thing out of your Absolutely. out of your hat. Absolutely. I mean, I was present for Tyler Gilbert's no hitter, and that's what Tristan yes. was referencing, right? Tyler Gilbert, a guy who at this time last year was uh, pitching for his high school, uh, doing doing bullpens for his high school pitching coach yep. and working, doing electrical work with his dad. And a year later, he's throwing the third no-hitter in D-backs history. The game itself was weird because it was one of those starts that, once again, Lavallo was throwing up somebody that, you know, oh, here comes some other guy, number player number 61 or yeah. 62 on the season that they've used. Wasn't he, like, driving, like, for, like, DoorDash or yeah, something. He was this, driving yes. for DoorDash, yes. So and crazy. so, you know, he comes up and it the game itself was pretty unassuming. He wasn't doing anything wild. The weird part about it was the pitching coach, Matt Her- Matt Herges, was out due to COVID protocol. So that night Mike Fetters uh was his pitching coach, essentially. Uh and you know, Gilbert had a good outing. Things kind of progressed and escalated it was star wars night so my article was filled with star wars puns that i eventually had to scrap almost every single one of them because it became a historical night but yeah like i mean it didn't even seem around the fifth or sixth inning when you start getting that feeling that something special might happen it didn't seem like it was going to his pitch count was too high uh he wasn't again he wasn't striking guys out or doing anything he was just kind of being effective with ground balls and flyouts and such uh and then you know he gets to the eighth and the thought was like you know, he was getting close to a hundred, you know, pitch count was a hundred. It was his first outing. So you're like, there's no way Lavallo's even going to let him come out for the eighth. Oh, he's coming out for the eighth. All right. Didn't he have like a three pitch eighth? Three mm-hmm. pitch. Eighth. Yeah. That's when like, 
like the hair on the back of my neck stood up and I started getting spidey senses oh, are like tingling. It, it was like it was oh, like oh happen. my god like and you don't even want to talk about it to anybody else in the in the press box. You don't want to even mention it. You just kind of like yeah, look you can't around. Jinx it. People are kind of like looking at each other with wide <laughs> eyes, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what you're thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. But don't just say not talk it. About it. Just right. think it. <laughs> and so you know, um, then it happened. And I think one of the things that was really odd that night was about Fetters was when uh, normally when a guy is hitting uh, pitching a no pitch uh, hitter, they don't talk to him. They leave him alone. They go let him do his thing in the dugout. Nobody approaches him. Nobody. Mike Fetters was sitting next to him the entire time, had his arm around him at times. They're laughing. They're doing stuff. Afterwards, he said that he was just talking about non-baseball stuff. And when you think about it conventionally, how much pressure would that be to not have people talking to you? Like if your normal routine is to just go back to the dugout and for things to be normal, but now you're doing so well that no one will even come talk to you. I don't feel like that personally would help me in that situation No, that would make it worse right yeah. so like hearing that fetters was just kind of joking with him and keeping him loose i think was a big reason why he made that made that happen i you know he said he was oddly calm going out there in the ninth and you know it was just i think we were too you know it just again it didn't seem real you know most no hitters are spoiled in the eighth so once he got through that three pitch eighth it just it started seeing like surreal but it's the Diamondbacks with the way things have yeah. gone in this season. You're like, yeah, the last hitter will ruin it. Watch, yeah. you know, something like that. And then it didn't. And so it was just, you know, a roar out of the crowd that I had not heard in a long time. And it was a roar for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I think every baseball fan in that, you know, building was cheering for him, no matter which team they were actually there to root for. So that that made it a really like cool special moment. I remember having to oh go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think it's cool too. Obviously, it being at Chase Field, there'd never been a no hitter that the Diamondbacks threw at Chase Field before. So obviously that was a cool part too. But I think the other part that made it special was not only was this pitcher driving for DoorDash, you know, a couple weeks earlier, but also, you know, there has just been a lot of negativity around the team this year. So like you were saying, if the last batter in the ninth had, you know, broke up the no-hitter, I don't think anybody would have been surprised. They'd have been like, well, that's the Diamondbacks for you. Like, they're one out out away from a no-hitter and they still can't execute. So I think the fact that he did execute just made it even that more special because, like, nobody would have been surprised if he would have given up the last, you know, the no-hit to the last batter. Sure. And it was was special for me because I found myself kind of oddly emotional afterwards. Yeah. Like, I had never covered anything (laughs) that historic. It wasn't because I had to compose myself. It's okay if you had I been there as a fan, I probably would have. He was like, probably was overstimulated like between like, Star Wars night and yeah. a no hitter. He was like, oh my God. There were so many good jokes I made that I had to believe. He was like mourning the loss of all of his oh, puns, but then also really excited. <laughs> many I, one in. I left one in, but the rest were gone. But yeah, it was, uh, it was just a, it was a great night. And like, again, like you said, there weren't, there, has, there hasn't been a lot of those at Chase Field this season. So it was like cathartic to have that experience and to know that the players and everybody were going to have that much joy that night. You know, baseball is 162 games. It's the longest season in any sport and only one team ends up, you know, winning the championship. So every team kind of has to take those, those kind of victories, those kind of nights as small mini championship celebration nights. And, you know, really just enjoy themselves because that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Now we're, getting more into but mac peacock was another guy who had this story of like basically at one point you know like quitting baseball and like taking up a job with his comp his parents company um doing some sort of like welding or whatever and then he was just kind of making his way back to baseball and was called up and 
Yeah, so there's definitely, I, I guess, like, one thing when you, like, every guy that's getting their first big league opportunity has a, a really cool story, typically. Yeah. Um, they Everybody's got their own background and how they got to that point. So we did see a lot of guys this year that were making their debuts that was like, man, that's really cool. I'm really happy for him, mm-hmm. which made it a, a little more exciting to, like, root for the team because yeah. they weren't winning. But, like, you could right. at least cheer for, like, individual performances and yeah. guys getting their opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah, Luis Rios went all the way from high A to making his major league debut in one season, right. which is crazy. And just the way Josh Rojas has really come on and he's a local guy. So it's like a really great right. story there locally. There like you said, there's there's tons of reasons to root for this team. I just I understand people's frustration and not wanting to even watch it when, you know, again, they've been out of any kind of division hunt since, you know, April, June, you know, the any kind of aspirations for anything were done by the end of May, June. So it's like it's 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 a long season from that point on to keep watching. It. Another Bright spot with the Diamondbacks. I'll help you out some more. Thank you. Was when, <laughs> was when, do you remember when they first, like the season first started and they were doing the, the locker room or the oh, clubhouse the celebrations dancing. rather? And we all thought that was going to be like a whole it season long thing. It was going to be so great. And then it went. Yeah, you know why. <laughs> I wrote an article about that and it's all because they took it a step too far. Go check it out on GoPHNX.com. Go check it out on GoPHNX. You'll find out how D-backs Oh, uh, you just recently themselves. wrote one. I yeah, did. They cursed yes. themselves. The D-backs they did cursed themselves, themselves with, uh, with wearing Baxter's head in one of those celebration videos. Yeah. It was taking it a step too far. Do you want to see them wearing the gorilla's head in a celebration video? No. Absolutely not. I don't even want to think about that. That's horrible. The gorilla, as far as I'm concerned, is like 82 years old and has been living in the valley this whole time. And it's the (laughs) same one. I unfortunately had to find out bobcats only have a life expectancy of seven years. So that completely oh my changed my point of view on what's been going on how over you, Chase How long do you think the, they live? I don't know. I mean, obviously, they face a lot of dangers in the wild, right? But I didn't know seven years. Seven years? I mean, I expected at least the same life expectancy as like a house cat. A house cat can live up to 20 years. That's oh my true. Gosh. Right? They don't have the same predators. I, you're absolutely right. Uh. Go read more in that article. I talk about, I talk about the predators they face. All right. So <laughs> wow, we think alike. <laughs> Your favorite sports, recent sports memory for the Diamondbacks, Tyler Gilbert's no hitter. Yes, that's a great one. Yep. Lindsay, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go. I mean, but I don't have a choice. What is your most favorite <laughs> recent Phoenix Sun sports memory? There is no other choice than the finals run. I agree. Like you just, it, you have to pick that one. And even the comments on our Twitter page, Valley Hoop was there for it. Freaking amazing. Suns finals. Suns times a million. Like. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning. It just, it after the year that everybody had in 2020 to have something like what the Suns did last mm-hmm. season, be able to bring people together, have fun, plus just the fact that it had been so long since we'd had any success in the Valley. I mean, we've all been there with all of our teams that we all love and cover. Um, it, it was just so good to have that experience. And especially because there were so many players on this team, mainly Devin Booker, that you really wanted to see that success come for. And it was beginning to be like, okay, at what point in time? Like, when is this going to happen for him? Also, we really need it to happen for him because we'd like to keep him here. Um, It was just, it was so much fun. And like, I got to go to a couple of those games. I was at the Valley Hoop game and the second game of the finals. And it was just a completely different atmosphere than oh my god the years prior to that I was at those games. Like it was night and day. 
There was somebody going viral from going from being on like the jumbotron, like yes. after every game. And honestly, because it's not like most press boxes, maybe not NBA press boxes, but um, like for, for any football press conference, it's like enclosed yes. and it's really mm-hmm. quiet. Yeah. Okay, so that's not how it is no. at Suns games. You're like basically in the crowd. So I I had to start wearing my um, AirPods. Because they're noise canceling. Because it was so loud in there that, like, I couldn't even. I mean, it like hurt my ears. But it was fantastic at the same time. Yeah. That just goes to show, though, just how like absolutely crazy it was. Yeah, they have like the gorilla, like, uh, like dancing on top of a bar. They've mm-hmm. got they have like kids taking their shirts. I mean, just like it was <laughs> insane. The way I mean, the environment was unmatched. Yeah. It was, yeah. and it, it was really cool to. Because you would walk around the arena and everyone would be high-fiving each other and, yeah. like, hooting and hollering with yeah. each other. And it was like, you never saw that before. Mm-hmm. Like, that was something that was – it was fun, straight up. Like, that, like that's the best way for me to describe it. It was actually fun to be a Suns fan for the first time in a while. Yeah, it was the entire summer, too. I mean, that's what my summer was. My summer mm-hmm. was dedicated to – uh, watching Sun game, Suns games, celebrating, uh, chugging with the fellas online yes. afterwards, <laughs> uh, all of that stuff, right? Because it was, uh, I've never experienced anything like that during, you know, I, I've had phases in my life where we've been good and I have very memorable, but few and far between, right? Like I was a little kid when we did the 92 series. So it's like that always stuck with me, you know, that finals run and uh, that level of heartbreak uh, when you truly believe at that age that your team is going to become the champions and they don't and you're just devastated by it, right? But it's also, I think, one of those things that hooked me as a fan for the rest of my life. I, I remember that being such a... That that summer is the only summer I can compare this summer to, right? Yeah. When I was a kid and we watched them, we watched them beat the Supersonics and everything. We did it as a family. Mm-hmm. Like extended family came over and we all watched it together in the living room and everyone was wearing sun stuff and like, yeah. It was, it reminded me a lot of this year, except it, this year it felt like it was the entire valley. It was all of us, you know, doing it together. Right. It was just, and like you said, the, the high-fiving and stuff in the, in the arena was just incredible. The way people just became, you know, like I was taking pictures with random strangers outside. You know, that kind of stuff. You just had, and then if you saw somebody at like the grocery store and you were both wearing sun stuff, it was like, Hey, (laughs) you know what I mean? I think another thing that we kind of overlook, um, but I think about it just from a reporting and fan perspective, since I'm both is when teams are having success you get more access to personalities. Mm-hmm. You get more memorable mm-hmm. moments of them in front of a microphone and interacting with each other. And there's so many like comments or like moments at the end of games or whatever the case is throughout, you know, the playoffs specifically where you just saw more of them as people, which made you love them even more than yeah. we would have gotten had they, you know, not been as successful and made the finals. Yeah. Well, I think another key part of that, too, was that's the first time a a Phoenix or the Arizona team has made a deep run in the playoffs in a while. The Cardinals hadn't been in the playoffs since 2015. The Diamondbacks made it in 2018 because they got swept in the NLDS by the Dodgers. Um, The Coyotes, they made it to the playoffs, but they got absolutely destroyed by the Avalanche. So, you know, it, it, it hasn't like it's not like there's been a lot of success around playoffs in the Valley for a really long time. Yeah. And so it seems like it was so crucial into kind of getting that spirit 
and like that just like the the vitality around the sports like injected back into like the sports culture because we had been, just been missing it for so long and this was so different because the confidence level about this team going into the playoffs was unlike any team we've ever had in the Valley. The Nash team was in first place when they went into the playoffs, but it didn't feel that same way. Yeah. This team, like, I, I was I, like, I was ready. I was amped. And then we drew the Lakers in the first round, and I was furious because yeah. I was like, of course. I planned a vacation the, all, the following week. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're good. I was just going to go to San Diego for, the, for, like, for like a small trip. I was like, there's no way – Especially with the way that it started. I was just like, yeah, let's go ahead and book it. I mean, it was it was Southwest. You could get your refund back. So, like, I knew, like, you know, it wasn't like I was, like, going to lose out on money. But I was pretty confident that, that like, I was going to get to go to San Diego, the, like, the week after. Yeah. 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 Had to cancel Ouch. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> well, one last thing. To your point where you're talking about when you were younger watching the Suns team, I think there's a generation of kids who didn't have that. You know what I mean? Because of the last decade or so, there's so many young kids or even teenagers now who didn't get to grow up being like a diehard Suns fan. Mm. And I think that's something that is universal for all the teams in the Valley. And if you talk to any of the teams internally, I'm sure all of them are like, how do we get more of the youth to become fans? And it's like, yes, you can do giveaways. You can host camps and meet and greets. And those things are great and fun. But like, Winning helps so much yes. yeah. with yeah. creating the next generation of your fan base. And hopefully this helped with the Suns fan base at least. And then it hopefully it trickles over to the other teams and everyone else. Like, you know, somebody had to break the, the, curse. the curse. Yeah, or whatever yeah. you want to call it first. So hopefully this the floodgates are open for I'm, Arizona sports. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the, you know, diplomatic thing and say I love all of the fan bases on Twitter. I think they all have their own, you know, uh, unique kind of personalities believe it or not. I think like the D backs fans always fascinate with me with how much they know. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, I swear to God, these people know more than I do. I mean, I I'm impressed constantly with the, how up to date on numbers and stats they are and just what they know about other teams and such around the league. The Suns fans though, that was that became quickly my favorite fan base oh, on yeah. Twitter or anywhere because Suns Twitter is iconic it's, in its own way. It's it, I think because of how long we've had them you know, in the city, they are by far, our, you know, our, our number one team. And I think that it was a combination of new San- Suns fans, young San- Suns fans, old Suns fans, you know, like it was just, it was everybody, but it's definitely a fan base that has experienced a lot of loss, a lot of bad times, a lot of heartbreak. And they were just having the time of their lives, you know, last this summer, you know, it was just a constant party. And I don't know, even when they were down in the finals, you still had this belief that they could come back you know and and like i don't know i was never i was never completely uh down on it but i mean i have to say that the the milwaukee bucks were from the get-go the one team i was worried about them facing well i mean if you're gonna lose to somebody the greek freak isn't a bad one. you're right well it was just they were they were the most complete team in the in the playoffs and when they almost lost to brooklyn i was i was rooting so hard for brooklyn to beat them because i was like take them (laughs) out i want them out of the playoffs and that was why yeah Giannis is just a beast (laughs) i mean seriously so Lindsay's going with the sun's finals run for her favorite recent arizona sports memory cheerson what is your most recent favorite arizona sports memory well 
I'm going to go with the Hale Murray. I think that's a given. But you me- we mentioned it off the top of the show. I mean, they haven't even made the playoffs since 2015, right. right? And so I think last year we got a glimpse of, oh, my gosh, this team can really be something special. And there was an argument after the Hale Murray to beat the Buffalo Bills, which was an amazing team and it was an amazing win. Um, spirits were so high, but it was like, okay, what was better? What was more impressive? Was it Kyler Murray's throw, um, scrambling from one side of the field to the other and just launching it into the end zone? Or was it uh, DeAndre Hopkins' contested catch? He had like three bodies on him, and there was just like, there was just hands. There was just a million hands up, and somehow he came down with the ball. Um, the unfortunate part is, is there was like a handful of people there to experience it. So I would have, I hate that for fans. I wish that it would have been able to be a packed house for for them to experience something like that in person. So many empty seats. Um, family members, family got to experience it. Um, but that, I think, was the, the highest point of their season last year mm-hmm. and really invigorated the Cardinals fan base. And at that point, I think the belief was like, we're going to the playoffs. And obviously, they didn't end their season well and they didn't make the playoffs. Um, but that was something. And it, they won an SP for it. They Which, did. you know, some people don't think ESPYs are real and that it's just ESPN trying to uh Hey, fill- I guarantee you if somebody was like, hey, yeah. person on You're Twitter, nominated for we're going to give you yeah. an ESPY, that person will be stoked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't even lie. I buy and, a tuxedo. And it's so. good for yeah. <laughs> You start writing your speech. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even write this. I bought it with cash. But every one of my family members. Hire you know. a photographer. <laughs> Go to Instagram picture for you. And it was good because they got him on national TV and there was a lot of talk surrounding it. And that was that was the peak, I think, of last year. Yeah, that's a that's a definitely an exciting moment, I think, for everybody that was kind of getting frustrated with the Cardinals. Sure. I can't disagree, though, because it gave me the belief that uh, Hopkins can catch anything. Yeah. So, like, I just I think every single game. Every single play the rest of that season, I was just like, throw it to Hopkins. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Quadruple covered. I don't care. Throw it to him. Why aren't you throwing it to him? Every play should that's be That's still him. people this season want him yeah. to be targeted more. So that's, he, that's he all, does, as much as many targets as you can give him. Yeah. He doesn't need to be. He can be a big time decoy this season with how good and deep they're. Well, that's true. Is, that's know? true. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him constantly get doubled. And but that's what this, the, the fan base, though, because you know how great DeAndre Hopkins can be. Sure. They just want to see him, yeah. right? Like, you don't have to league. have success. Yeah, right. You don't have to target him, you know, 10 times a game to have success, which we know. Um, but we're craving D-Hop. We are. We can't, we can't get enough D-Hop. Can you ever really? <laughs> Meanwhile, Christian Kirk is going to be the greatest slot receiver of all time. Oh, he's having such watching. a great year, and yeah. I think he is like rated as one of the top slot receivers right now in the league. Um, and a, a local guy, so excited for yeah. him. Um, yeah. They're but they've just, got a lot of talent at receiver. Yeah. They do. And also, like Christian Kirk is one of those guys where you just want to cheer for him. Like He's just an easy guy to cheer for. He's got – you know, great personality. He just, he, to me, he seems like something that the Cardinals can really build around moving forward, you know, for, for years to Except come. I don't think that he's going to be around after this year, but yeah. Oh, you don't think he's going to get? No, he's in a contract year and I don't think they're going to pay him. So it's, it is, it's contract yeah. year, Christian Kirk. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Oh. But I will Money say. Money ruins everything. I know, that's right. Open I, up those pocketbooks. That's right. <laughs> what are we that's doing? Right. I agree. I will say that uh, I think. I thought that the most recent exciting memory was the first game of this season just because of how well the five it sacks, five sacks, mm-hmm. uh, Murray going on, just everything. Everything was working. There wasn't 
I mean, yeah, they got the penalties. That was probably the most frustrating part about it early on when they couldn't stop getting penalties. But once they got everything rolling, everything was rolling, defense, offense. It was just encouraging. You know, you always want to see how they're going to do that first game of the season, and it couldn't have gone any better. Well, it showed everybody that the Cardinals, even though it was just the first game of the season, that the Cardinals have, in fact, improved right and that Kyler Murray has improved as a quarterback and he showed right away he kept talking about how he wants to be a uh, you know more of a pocket passer and he wants to change his game up a little bit and we've we heard so much about in the offseason J.J. Watt and and um, you know the additions to you know Roddy Hudson at center and how that's going to help and just so many pieces that we finally got to see in action and it all was like best case scenario like it all came together that was by far their best defensive performance in the first three weeks Um, and it set the tone for what the offense is capable of so I agree I still think the Hale Murray was the most electric play we've seen in the valley in a long before at the time but so but that was before the sun's entire run so at the time it was the most electric play we had seen in a long time i'll give you this both plays caused me to go actually out of my front door and do little laps outside of my house <laughs> so what the sun's one you doing that too the sun's one i got the flag down and did it with the flag but i mean it was still it was, it was great i can I totally that. picture that well, and some other good news too we got to tell you again about DraftKings. kyler murray is the favorite now on DraftKings sportsbook to win mvp this year just as a reminder if you use code phnx when you download the DraftKings sportsbook app and you place a dollar bet on any football game you'll get 150 dollars in free bets are you enjoying betting on sports there oh you you know i am yeah <laughs> are you still you. in the green though I, oh, how I'm much money have you lost in the green i actually uh i'm surprised by how much money i've won but i have lost enough uh heartbreaking bets that made me uh dial it back a little yeah. uh my daughter did ask me why i bet the over on the cardinals game when i was telling her that the jaguars suck which is a very good question. And I wow. spent the rest of the day asking myself. Let's get her on the show. How old is your daughter? Old. Okay, 10. She's 10 years old and she will, yeah, she'll probably do better than me at this. But no, it's been fun. I yeah. found I found WWE stuff on there. There's, nice. uh, oh, there's, oh, of course you did. Uh-huh. Yeah, Shane, is uh, Kyler still at plus 750 right now for uh, odds to win MVP? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was the odds were uh, like I think it was at plus a thousand at one point. Yeah, yeah before the season I think it was plus sixteen hundred or yeah, something. Yeah, but, yeah. So he's improved a lot. I, I think they're twenty five on him. I threw twenty five. Yeah. On him. Or, have you gone in on that yet? I did. Uh, I did it after the first game of the season. I uh, was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be MVP. <laughs> yeah. No, I have not gotten in on that, but um, I think we're all skipping over something that you just said, Derek. You excuse me, WWE stuff. Yes, I can't explain <laughs> it. Um, you're gonna have to ask DraftKings Sportsbook app about that, but there is. Uh, there, there was Isn't a, that there scripted? A, Don't we already know the outcome? I, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. How do we know that? There know the outcome, people, but not necessarily the fans. There right? are scripts that exist somewhere, so yeah. I, Which, I feel like you could leak that information, though. You That's interesting. You probably could. You probably okay. could. You need to get an inside scoop. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Home None of the guys that I know over there will tell me anything, so... Uh, they all protect the business, but fair. that's what it's all about. Uh, I will say that there's lots of options, though, surprisingly enough. I know that Espo was betting on cricket and all sorts of things. I found cricket on Hulu, so that made me want to go hit up the app and see what's going on. Still can't understand the game one bit, so uh, I, I decided not to I could tell you a thing about cricket. Yeah. Well, nope. It was very confusing. No idea. Well, just as a reminder, make sure you use code <laughs> PHNX when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you place a dollar bet on any football game, you'll get $150 in free bets. Okay, so let's quickly recap. 
everybody's favorite recent sports, Arizona sports memory. Derek Montillo went with Tyler Gilbert's no-hitter. Yes. Lindsay went with the Suns finals run. Kirsten went with Hale Murray. And we are going to let you guys weigh in on Twitter. I'm going to get a pull-up on phnx underscore sports. Make sure you're following us there if you're not. And you guys need to let us know what your favorite recent Arizona sports memory is, or even if we missed one and there's another one that you can think of that's also really exciting. Make sure you reply and let us know. And we love to get your input. So let us know what your favorite Arizona recent Arizona sports memory is. To round out the show, we're going to do something that I like to call Who Won the Week? I'm going to give each person a minute on the clock to tell us why they think their team won the week. Who wants to be the first the first victim? I'll go because go I first? don't think I won the week, but I'll say that <laughs> All right, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, go. You ready? Yep. All right. The Arizona Diamondbacks uh, have done their best to lose as many games, and that's exactly what they need them to do. There's been some promising moments, and as far as the Lavolo contract extension, the team feels differently. It feels like there's a weight lifted off of them. I can't explain it other than they just – they're playing loose, and I mean, maybe when you're playing for your manager's job, you have more pressure on yourself than you need to. Uh, they won a huge game against Dodgers with the stadium full and sent a bunch of Dodgers homes fans home sad, but then they managed to lose you know, pretty much all the rest of the game. So I have to say that's a win-win. I love that. Why do I feel like Derek, you could say, Derek, you have one minute to describe the white ball behind you, and he could just go for a minute. I, think he could I just feel like you could. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. I mean, uh, you should work ball. in sales. <laughs> it's a good ball. And he also did it under time. He came in at 34 seconds. Oh, so. well, I could have gone. gone for yeah, forever. Yeah. All right, Lindsay, are you ready? <laughs> All right. Go. Uh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I'm lying. Okay, well, Phoenix Suns basketball is almost here, so that's really exciting. Um. Chris Paul's surgery went well. If even though Devin Booker is missing training camp, everyone knows if somebody's going to miss training camp, it's okay if it's Devin. He could use a little extra break after the year he's had. Um, I'm going to claim the Mercury is also a part That's of fine. my beat. Yes. They're in the semifinals. They tip off tonight against the Las Vegas Aces. Brittany Griner finished second in MVP voting. She also was named to the all defensive second team. Brianna Turner was named to the all defensive first team. Um, I'm counting a week from like Monday or Tuesday to Tuesday. Yeah, sure. that, that's my yeah, week. We'll <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I got right now. That was good. That was good. 47 seconds. Okay. Good job. <laughs> and I love that you claim the Mercury. The Mercury are incredible. They're going to hopefully beat the Aces in this semifinal round. They are on fire, and we are all pulling for them here. I know that you guys have had you had um. Sophie Cunningham on your podcast. Mm -hmm, yeah. If you missed that, you have to go check that out. That was an awesome interview. Sophie She's super fun. balled out in their single elimination game against the Storm. So make yes. sure to go check out that interview. Um, Tirsten, you're going to round us out. Ready? Go. Well, I think if you start the, the week on Sunday, I think the Cardinals are the only team that actually won. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with you. Okay. Yeah, Drop the mic. <laughs> we can go home. And I'm done. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, other than that, we've mentioned it. Cardinals off to a 3 0 start for the first time since 2015. They look fantastic through the first three weeks. Um, they've had over 400 yards of total offense. So, the only team in the entire league to score 30 or more points in each of their first three games. Um, Kyler Murray, now the, the favorite to win league MVP. Uh, their defense um, has been incredible and really is what kind of won them the game on Sunday. Byron Murphy, the local kid, um, getting the, the two picks in the pick six. Uh, right now, Cardinals fans are feeling good, and um, you know they've been able to do something that they haven't been able to do in many years. 
Ooh, 53 seconds. You just did it. Great job. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, that was who won the week for each team. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the Phoenix Sports Podcast. I hope you guys had a good time. Yeah. I had a great time. Make sure that you guys check out gophnx.com. You can have access to all of our written content, exclusive video content. Gerald was also at Suns Media Day yesterday. Um, there's an exclusive interview up there that you guys can check out. We also have exclusive deals on all of our merch right now. We've got 20% off Cardinal shirts. We have an awesome yep. new card shirt that dropped. So go check that out. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore sports as well as Instagram. Thank you again for joining us and we will see you next week.